ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slammer Wrestling. Myself, Supreet, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling's Castle Attack 2021 review. And I'm joined by a new guest here, Mary Shadows, all the way from New York. What's up, Mary? Hey, man. How's it going? Thank you for having me. It's been good, but uh, tell us tell something about yourself. All right, guys. I'm Marie Shadows. I'm a storyteller. I love everything professional wrestling. I basically cover New Japan Pro Wrestling, so that's what we're going to talk about today on this podcast. What you guys do not know is that I am a former WWE employee, just trying to make my way back into the wrestling industry and giving back to the best sport that I really love. So let's talk Castle Attack, uh, Marie. What did you think about the show? And personally, it felt like a big New Japan show. What did you think about it? So overall, Castle Attack Night 1 and Night 2 were fantastic. They had a lot of good wrestling. All the stories from all the Road 2s that led up to Castle Attack Night 1 and Night 2 sort of came to a conclusion. A nice conclusion. It may not be... Everyone got their own victory, but they managed to get their stories done in order to move forward for the uh, New Japan uh, Cup that's coming up soon in March. Um, and I love how on the fly for night two, they were able to give us a triple threat match for the vacant uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title, which is by far like an honorable mention to like talk about. <laughs> So we'll talk about this entire show, but before that, if you are new to this channel, then make sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Check out our previous contents like the AEW Dynamite review this past week and also a main uh, main roster talk, which is a brand new series that I've started on the channel. Go check that out. So uh, before we talk about Castle Attack Mary, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, John Moxley retaining the uh, US Championship this past week at New Japan Strong against Kenta. Thoughts on that? Uh, I honestly did not like it. I hyped it up so much that Kenta was going to take the belt off of Moxie, take it back home to Bullet Club to the boys, because I feel like because it hasn't been defended within a year, you would think that it should go back home just to have more story build up with like, you know, maybe possible young lions or possible New Japan wrestlers that haven't gotten a spotlight yet. Um, so there was so much hype behind John Moxley versus Kenta and a lot of missed opportunity while we were doing that. And the match felt so underwhelmed for me, where it felt one-sided that Kenta was doing all this offense, even the DDT on the briefcase, the elbow drop on Moxley through the table, and then all of a sudden Moxley comes out with the Death Rider and it happens to get the one, two, three. Like, no, that doesn't sit right with me only because of story-wise. Um, I just thought it was really underwhelming and it should have deserved a little bit more attention to make it a really good standout match for New for uh, New Japan Strong. Was it uh, that it was a Kenta match or was it uh, that it happened in the empty arena? Um, the empty arena doesn't bother me, even though like I would have like fans there. I get why there wasn't no fans, but uh, ever since the pandemic started, uh, empty, empty arenas don't really bother me as much because I look at it from a creative storyline in reaction point of view. Um, but it did feel like it was a Kenta match where Kenta was dominating and then Moxie was taking all the damage. And then there, the balance wasn't there when that happens. I think they're saying something for uh, when Moxley comes back to Japan. Because it looks like he'll be taking some time off from AEW. And you're going to have this match again in Japan. Which will be a better setting than in the New Japan Strong. And then they can finally give the title to Kenta, I think. Probably. Or, as we learned during backstage comments, uh, Jay White dropped Moxie's name. So you never know what's going to be happening. Anyways, that was New Japan Strong. Let's quickly get into Castle Attack. Uh, and we had some preview matches. Let's uh, get through it. So on night one, they had the United Empire. So they beat Tenkozi and Hiroshi Tanashi. So this happened on night one. And there is, it was a preview match, but there was some story with, uh, you know, Tenkozi and United Empire. And we also see Tenkozi beat Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay on night two. So... 
I just wanted to ask you uh, what, I ha- what has been your feeling regarding the presentation of the United Empire so far? Um, I'm still trying to get used to them. Uh, I do follow Will Osprey's career, uh, so I do know of him and about him. Uh, I do follow Jeff Cobb here and there, but as like a unit together, they work really well, even if uh, I don't know how long they've been together as a team. But I'm still trying to get to know them and like their stance in New Japan Pro Wrestling, because if you really want to look long term, they could give Bullet Club a run for their money. But yeah, those were those uh, preview tag matches. We had yet another preview tag uh, match. No, sorry, it was just a singles match to build up the you know tag team title match with yeah. Vod and Chaos. So one of them were Tangaloa beating uh, Yoshihashi due to outside interference. This match sucked. I don't have to tell you why. <laughs> Is it because of the outside interference? I don't know, man. This guy, uh, Tangaloa, there's something about him that bucks me off. Him really? overselling, him overselling is too much for me. Sorry, over not selling is uh, too much for me. Oh man. Um, I mean, he does have a good intensity, and he does have, you know, the power to back up everything that he does in the ring. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, God. Um, I enjoy Tama whenever he uh, talks trash to people and stuff like that. Like, I believe that Tama is like a New Yorker because he talks trash the same way we talk trash out here. And I'm like, oh, that works. But um, I enjoyed uh, Tungaloa versus Yoshihashi. I just wish that Yoshi can get out of the box that he put himself in because he looks like he can achieve more than like what's been given to us. Um, then after right, right after Tonga versus, um, wait, Loa versus uh, Yoshi. It's uh, Tama versus Goto. Uh, that was an interesting uh, dynamic uh, between the two, uh, only because in that match, Goto picked up the win over uh, Tama. Um, and then Tama with his backstage comments mentioning how, you know, he was too cocky and he admitted something about himself for that. And then that won't happen on, you know, the next night. So both of those matches are really good openers. And I love that New Japan Wrestling booked it as, let's do it back-to-back. Like, the story just flowed like that. By the way, the Goto Tamatango match was way better than the other match. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we will talk about the tag team title match later on. But let's talk about the first big match. It was for the uh, KOPW 2021 trophy. So this was Toriano versus Chase Owens. It was a white TR Texas trap match. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna say this. It was uh, brutal and entertaining at the same time. What did you think about this match? Um, I really enjoyed it, even though um I felt like we didn't need a Yano Texas strap match. I was just fine with a regular strap match. Um and from start to finish, it was really good. The story was there, it really was brutal. Um, and I guess taking off the corner pads added something to the match. Um, just unfortunately, you know, I was like, Chase should have obviously won. It's a conspiracy against him that he didn't win. And yeah, I enjoyed that one. And by the way, the rules were somewhat confusing, you know, but it was clear yeah, to it us was. that. <laughs> yeah, but it was clear to us that uh, whoever takes out the final pad is the winner. Yeah, that's why I was saying that, like, Yano, no one has time for your rules, man. Like, just do a regular strap match. You'll be fine. You'll still hurt in the morning and, you know, leave it as that. But no, Yano wants to be special. So let's talk about the some highlights here. So Yano's hand was actually taped and he wasn't able to untie the final pack. So at one point we see uh, Yano, so he was beaten to the outside. Uh, Owens couldn't reach the final pair because he was tied to Yano, of course. Yeah, so yeah. Finally, so finally Yano hit uh, his uh, signature power bomb to untie the final pair and that was it. And uh, it was being said on commentary too that Yano is taking this KOPW thing very seriously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a do some research on the uh, King of Pro Wrestling title. Like, I've just heard it, but I'm like, I want to do a little bit more research on it. Um, I do think that uh, 
Chase should, you know, go for something like that. But then again, um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Chase is allowed to put up that Texas uh, championship title up on the line if anyone challenges him for it. Hey, by the way, do you know when did he uh, win that Texas Heavyweight Championship? Uh, you mean like when that match happened for him? Yes, I want to see that um, match. Uh, <laughs> see, even on commentary, uh, Kevin Kelly was like, uh, Chase has not been coming forthright with, uh, with the match. But um, according to when I started watching uh, Chase Owenson's uh, Twitch streams, um, it was before... Castle the road to castle attack. So during so during like the new beginning when he was still in quarantine. So like before that. So happened. So wait, we're in February. So it happened in January. Sometime in January. I don't know. This smells like a conspiracy to me. That what he just created a belt and was like, I'm champion. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I hope to see that match in on New Japan World. Probably and hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I could probably ask him, but he'll probably give me the same thing. Let's talk about your favorite, Jay White versus Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, that this... one is definitely my favorite. Uh, have... So, go ahead. This has to be match of the whole show, you can say. What did you think about this match? Uh, it is definitely match of the whole show. Uh, for me, it's going to get match of the month. Um, and it's probably going to be second to, uh, you know, his Wrestle Kingdom against uh, Kota Ibushi. Um, so the whole entire story leading up to this is amazing. And I've said it before on my on my own podcast that, um, you know, JY gives us so much substance that a lot of other wrestling companies can't give us within like a month's time of buildup. And it's just little tiny things. We're not asking for like to hold our hands, but give us something to be like, oh my God, this is great. So during the Road to Castle Attack series, Jay White is on this mission to get his destino. And the only person that has not allowed that to happen is Ishii because Ishii beat him back at the G130. It should have been that one. Um, So right after that, he comes back. He feuds with him, even though Ishii is like, yo, go home, you know, come back. It'll be good. But Jay White don't want to hear that. Jay White doesn't want no sympathy from his co-workers. So he ends up uh, beating the hell out of Ishii every single chance he gets, even beating up Yoshihashi and Goto with Bullet Club tactics. Cut off the ring, make sure they're on their side, don't let them get the other tag, and then also try to have them break the rules at uh, Japan for all the COVID policies they have and then try to demand, um, you know, make demands because of it. So it builds up, builds up, builds up. We finally get to this match and they leave everything in the ring and um, Ishii probably hurt his ribs. And that was a good, like, I shouldn't say that's a good thing, but um, it was a good tactic for that uh, to work on the body part and stuff like that. Um, and then Ishii is like a stone wall, man. They told the story of baby facing heel in like the most basic format ever. Um, and I appreciated that from that match. And it showed, um, that, uh, regardless of Gato getting in there and distracting, uh, Ishii and the referee, Jay White finally won, put Ishii to rest. And now we could focus on his destino of him becoming God. If he wants to become God. Wait, you, you think j will become God? He said that in one of his backstage interviews, uh, one of his backstage comments. He said it very slyly. He was just like, his destino to become God. So I have been saying that he has he wants to become God with a lowercase g. Because Abushi is God with a capital G. JY uh, doesn't want it. He just wants to like mess with our heads and make sure that we catch the important stuff. What's what's with this guy? Well, one year he wants to fulfill a destino, the other year he wants to be God. Well, I think it's the same thing. It's just that it's a matter of how he says it and how he presents it because he always talks about uh, his destino, but then in that one interview, he mentioned he wanted to be God. So, you know, he hasn't mentioned it since. So let's talk some highlights here. 
so like you mentioned uh jay white uh was targeting the ribs of ishi here so yeah. ishi ishi was doing fantastic with the selling of the ribs yeah and uh, we do see some insane reversal at the end so white would finally hit uh the blade runner for the win and that was it and i think it's safe to say this is jay white's year yeah it is it's still his era <laughs> and why i said that because this guy if this guy doesn't win the new japan, new japan cup then at least they have to give him the g1 yeah either one or he could win both of them he could win the japan cup and then he could win the the g1 or the j1 that japan cup is too much <laughs> i'm all for it i'm all here for it <laughs> We have another uh, Bullet Club versus Chaos match here. This was the main event of night two. So this was Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. So can you tell us the backstory of this match? Uh, to the best of my ability, probably. Um, so you know, Okada has always been the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We know this. Uh, we watched all of his matches with Kenny Omega. All of them are five-star matches. He had fantastic matches with Naito and also with Tanahashi. He's one of the best in the company. However, it does seem like Okada has fallen off the track of being one of the best in the company. And then here comes Evil with this chip on his shoulder. And, um, you know, just having these matches with Okada during the road to castle attack and beating him here and there, just because he has help from bullet club um, and showing Okada that you're no longer the face that evil is now the face and it's going to be his company. Um, and I think that angered Okada. Cause it's like, dude, what happened? We need to get that Okada, you know, from the past back. Um, Evo actually brought it out uh, of him during this main event, which was really good. I finally was like, yes, that's the Okada of old, you know. And then Evo comes in with his strengths and weaknesses. And then obviously Dick Togo getting in there in distraction. But at the end, Okada regained his confidence that, like, he probably was losing throughout, you know, that whole entire tour. So... Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, what did you think about the match here? It felt like a good match because obviously it was Okada being a big match Okada. Um, yeah, it actually felt really good. It um, it felt like an it felt like an Okada match. Uh, coming in, like he had to prove something. Evo doesn't have to prove anything. Uh, when he when he was in that match, because he already had in his mind that he's the ace. He's gonna be the face of the company. So what's the point? Okada comes in and he basically becomes Okada and takes on Evil. And it was a really good uh, main event to like end night one of Castle Attack. So we see some interferences from Dick Togo, but Okada mm -hmm. would get, get his hands on Togo every chance he got. So Okada was not able to uh, take down Evil with the Money Club, uh, Money Clip, bless his soul. So <laughs> Okada had no choice but to hit the Rainmaker, which he did for the win, and that was it. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, in the Jay White situation, uh, if Jay White, uh, imagine if Jay White doesn't win the New Japan Cup, then Okada is your automatic second favorite. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I respect Okada and everything, but I'm not going to like full force like cheer for him i'm gonna watch what he does when it comes to the uh new japan cup and then also the g1 um but yeah uh okada would be like everyone's second pick if it's not like tanahashi i think tanahashi has taken a backseat even though he's never open with champion yeah i don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this for so speaking about uh, Tanahashi, we'll talk, uh, get to him in, for the Night 2 match. But we had a small eight-man tag uh, on Night 2 as well. Chaos versus Bullet Club. And I think this was the entire story on this road to, to Castle Attack. Tell us about it. Uh, you're talking about the uh, the second match on Night 2, right? The yeah, yeah. Chaos versus Bullet Club. Uh, so 
New Japan Pro Wrestling just books uh, another Bullet Club versus Chaos. All these members had faced each other in singles matches uh, the night before, so they're all banged up. And I think this was like the final nail in the coffin extra to be like, all right, the the 70 stories of these guys are like sort of done so we can move on to the Japan Cup. Because um, it's evident when like uh, Jay White is starting off with Ishii, you know, he's like, I already beat you. I don't have to do this. He tags out to Chase Owens. Chase Owens goes in there and fights Ishii. And um, yeah, it was just one of those quick fun matches uh, just to watch these guys. Um, I do not understand why Chase Owens uh, tapped out to the money clip of like, you know, how they decided, oh, he was going to like take the pin. Like I was thinking that, you know, it probably would have boosted a little bit more um, if Okada had evil tap out to the, to the money clip only because the row two series didn't really see evil tap out to the money clip because evil was getting the advantage on Okada in the, in the victories. And then for night one, you see him do the Rainmaker. So I thought it would have been maybe a little bit better for Okada to tap out Evil in that match to solidify, all right, Okada's back. Um, Chase and Yano are still going to be going at it. It's still going to go to war, so that doesn't get tarnished. Um, and then, um, obviously, JY made up his mind. He's like, Ishii, I don't need you. You're done. You're to the side. I'm moving on. So, see, that would have made sense. I think the obviously why uh, he tapped out to the money clip is because he is the lower guy in Bullet Club, you know, Chase Owens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I follow I, I follow him on his stream, so I don't think that uh, he wants to hear that. <laughs> so and he ever so. sees this. <laughs> and I hope you don't tell him that. <laughs> no, because... I want to get into the Bullet Club. I don't want to be kicked out. <laughs> so, uh, Guerrillas of Destiny versus Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goro. This was for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. So, this match came about uh, when Yoshihashi and his team defended the Never Six Man title against Bullet Club. So, yep. Yoshi was, Yoshihashi was the one who challenged G.O.D. for the titles. Yep. And uh, talking about the match, logical dis- uh, decision here to re- uh, have G.O.D. retain. And uh, about the match quality, I like this match better than the one he uh, G.O.D. used to have with uh, Dangerous Tiger. What did you think about this match? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, the the one with uh, Dangerous Techers, uh was just story driven. And that was all over Iron Fingers. Uh, it, it was just all over that. Like, I realized that after I really looked at it, I was like, the whole story is about that. Like, there's nothing else. Um, but either way, uh, that match was still good for, like, physicality and, like, in-ring ability. For this one in Castle Attack, um, this one was good, too. I never thought that, uh, you know, Yoshihashi and Nagoto would get the victory over them to get the belts. Like, that would have been, like, a huge a huge upset <laughs> and I would have been upset. Um, it was good overall. I just wanted to probably see a little bit more uh, variety when it came to uh, the wrestling ability and um, these guys, because Loa does have a thing about, you know, wanting to get the fighting spirit out of Yoshihashi, but I don't know what different this guy can do <laughs> to uh, be like, yeah, you know, I could break out and stuff. Um, Jado did interfere at the very end and uh, um, Tama managed to right the wrong from last night to get the pin over Goto, which made uh, complete sense. Um, I'm still happy that um, G.O.D. is uh, our IWGP tag team champions. And then, you know, during backstage comments, Tama was like, Tama and Loa were like, anyone could get it. Anyone could come in. And you notice when they walked out, they said, they basically said, uh, top guys out. Yo, I really want to see G.O.D. versus uh, FTR. And FTR is one of my favorite tag teams. Like, I would definitely sponsor that match if they let me to. Like, I want to see that. Or how about G.O.D. versus the Good Sisters? Nah, it's okay. 
<laughs> nah, nah, it's cool. It's cool. I'd rather see some fresh matchups with uh, G.O.D., like G.O.D. versus FTR, um, you know, G.O.D. versus probably, you know, Alex Reynolds and... Um, John Silver. Oh, my God. John Silver of the Dark Order. You know, uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, maybe, like, Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn just because of, like... These guys are wrestlers. Like, you know, if G.O.D. is want to take on the whole world, I want to see fresh matchups. I don't want to see them wrestle uh, the Good Sisters or wrestle the Young Bucks again because that's already done. So let's talk about some highlights of this match. We had uh, Yoshi Yashi getting knocked out by a powerbomb. So they made a whole deal out of it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> So the match, uh, the pace of the match picked up when Goto got the tag. We see some, you know, back and forth between Goto and uh, Tamatonga. So Yoshiyashi and Goto couldn't get the job done with their double team moves. So yeah. the final, parts of, uh, final parts of the match saw uh, a referee distraction. This allowed Jaro to get in a candlestick uh, shot to Yoshiyashi, I believe, and a gun stun from Tamatonga for the win. And that was basically it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is very simple to book if they want uh, to challenge other tag teams from other promotions. They show up on AEW Dynamite next month and you got a lot of matches. Yeah, pretty much. That's how that's how it seems to be working. Uh, but I'd rather some of the uh, AEW guys head over to Japan uh, to expand their network and, you know, not always like have Japan guys come over to, you know, the States. I'd rather... There's a lot of uh, talent within AEW that can use the experience over in uh, Japan and, you know, get that experience. So uh, let's get to the next match. This was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Great Okan. Uh, never open with championship on the line. So I would say this match was slightly better than the one they had with Wrestle Kingdom because this had extra drama. With you know Yota Suji, whether he will turn mm-hmm. on his mentor Tanashi or not. So uh, let's talk some highlights here. So Okan actually wanted to hand over, uh, so he wanted his chair from Suji. Mm-hmm. So but instead he gives it to Tanashi. So in the end we see some back and forth between Okan and Tanashi, but Tana would eventually get the win with a crucifix, and that was it. So what did you think about this whole situation here? Uh. Honestly, the match wasn't really my favorite. Um, it was just there. But then again, I don't know too much about uh, Great Okan as it is. Um, and then Tanahashi having the never open weight championship title. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's Tanahashi. I respect you, dude. You know, you paid your dues and everything. You're still one of the the greats. Um, I did like the fact that they involved uh, Suji in this to be like, hey, you know, are you going to turn on your mentor? Are you not going to turn on your mentor? Um, you know, it just wasn't my sort of style in, in a way uh, for me to get really behind it and involved. But I do like it when the young lions uh, tend to get involved with, cer- with certain guys because uh, then it's fun to speculate where they're going to go. Um, but overall... I guess if we want to rate it out of like five stars, maybe a three for me. But imagine that they tease that Suji could turn on Tanashi, but will it happen one day? Uh, one day it will. I mean, every young lion turns on like somebody, you know. Um, there, there was that time that uh, Naito was like, Jay White never used to hold the ropes open for me, and now he's his own man, you know? So, like, everybody turns on each other at one point, you know? It's only so far you can go with your with your mentor um, that it's just like, um, you know, what else can you do? But do you see this happening soon, though? Oh, no, not soon. No. Uh, probably a little bit later on in the years as uh, Suji realizes that, you know, maybe certain things that... Tanahashi will be teaching him is probably not going to line up to what he believes or what he thinks that should be in wrestling. Because, uh, you know, if we really want to go back, I remember when uh, Kenny was facing uh, Tanahashi and Kenny will always talk about that him and Tanahashi will bump heads only because of um, ideals 
when it came to what is professional wrestling. So, you know, maybe that can happen down the line in the future between Suji and Tanahashi. So let's get to the next title match here. So this was for the vacant IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was a triple threat. El Desperado, Bushi, El Fantasmo. So what happened to the former champion Hiromu Takashi? Can you explain? Oh, man. So, okay. Um, There were two shows on, on the road to Castle Attack that New Japan Pro Wrestling did not televise. So the first show was in Iwate, uh, Japan, and the second show was in Yamagata, Japan. Uh, yeah, Yamagata, Japan. Um, so those uh, shows were not televised, and I believe it happened on the Yamagata uh, show because obviously Japan is, uh, you know, a day ahead of like the States. So something happened in his match where he tore his left. Um, chest muscle so unfortunately when he went to the doctors that's what they told him he has to get surgery so now he's out for six to 12 months he came back uh to the next row to castle attack that was uh televised and he had to give up the championship title because he wants the other juniors in the junior division to fight for it and it'll be kind of wrong for him to keep it and you know stay out for the six 12 months uh, so that's like an unfortunate thing because I was enjoying um, Hiromu and I really enjoy Hiromu as a wrestler and everything. So that happened. And then, um, you know, El Fantasma was like probably thinking, OK, this is just going to be for me. You know, he automatically gets it. But then uh, Hiromu calls on Bushi to be like, hey, Bushi, you know, take my place for me. You know, you got this. And then all of a sudden uh, Desperado comes in and like was like, Nah, I want in on this too. And then we here we are at this amazing triple threat match. Like I said, this match was good, but I still think that Bushi was, you know, he was just there to hang around. I would have to rewatch it to see if I can if I could see that. Um, I was just amazed by all three men and their ability. Um, there probably was some parts that you know Bushi probably felt he was just there. But um, overall, like the three of them put on a really good uh, match. And what I really want to point out is that El Pantasmo did the Styles Clash. And then he also did uh, the setup, almost a setup to, uh, you know, the V-Trigger. And you could hear the fans. The fans were, were, were uh, the fans were with it. Um, and I was here like whoa, what is he doing? Is he calling out AJ Styles? And is he calling out Kenny Omega? Like, what is this? That has been the trend of El Fantasma matches since last year. Oh, okay. Because um, that's the first time that I'm seeing it. But, um, you know, regardless, I'm just like, whoa, man, you want to call out Kenny? Let's see let's see how this happens, you know? Imagine if we get a El Fantasma versus Kenny Omega. Let's talk... Uh, let- Let's talk about the outcome here. I was shocked here. I was shocked because I expected, you know, after this Hiromu injury that they will uh, give Desperado the title one day. Maybe after he gets the, you know, best of the Super Juniors and then the championship. But I was actually shocked that it happened this soon. Well, I mean... I was sort of shocked that they didn't give it to El Fantasmo since like, you know, I on like if if Hiromu didn't get injured, I think that maybe um, El Fantasmo would have had Hiromu's number picked up the one, two, three and become the champion and bring it back to Bullet Club. So if original plans were to happen, I thought they would have gave it to him, but they gave it to Desperado. And I was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. Where are we going with this? Because. Um, Desperado and uh, Shinobu are um, the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions and I was surprised that they took it off of El Fantasmo and Ishimori and I was like, wait this doesn't make any sense, what's happening here? But again I'm along for the ride because the story is so interesting when you have those quick jabs of let's change up the story and let's you know, put the belt on somebody else just to see what happens. Those are really good stories. Sometimes, depending on who's doing it. But with Japan doing it, it felt like 
All right, you got my attention. Let's see where this goes. And uh, other thing I wanted to mention is that I think the reason they didn't uh, give Phantasmo the belt, Phantasmo would have been a decent champion for the few months. But mm-hmm. the reason I think they didn't give Phantasmo the belt is because Phantasmo is one of those guys that does New Japan Strong, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, he hops from New Japan Strong to like the regular main show because he just fought, um, well, Lilo Rush at uh, New Japan Strong. So, you know. So maybe they consider him still a young lion and he hasn't busted out yet. Maybe that's what it is. I think the main reason is him going, uh, jumping from America to Japan. So there's some problems over there. And I think New Japan's mentality was they want the junior championship on their big shows in Japan. Ah, okay, okay. I can see that. Uh, But then again, I think that eventually they're going to start branching out to allow these guys to probably defend it elsewhere because, um, you know, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, renewed their partnership with CML with CMLL. So, you know, the sky's the limit when, like, you're champion and you're going to go and defend the honor of, this is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm going to beat your champion on the other side and we're going to show you why, you know, we're one of the best. So we'll see what happens. So let's talk some highlights here. We see Phantasmo being taken out by Desperado. Sorry, sorry. It was actually Desperado who got taken out by Phantasmo uh, from a pile drive on the ramp. So mm-hmm. even so, Phantasmo even took out a Desperado's mask. So it was just Phantasmo and Bushi, and Phantasmo was just you know stalling around doing his uh, usual stick. So Desperado would finally come back and this is where the match picked up, I guess. Yeah. So Bushi got to do some fun spots and Phantasmo uh, was pulling out some moves from past Bullet Club members like you pointed out. Mm-hmm. So Desperado would finally get the win hitting the Pinche Loco and Phantasmo. He's the new junior heavyweight champion. Yep. And by the way, uh, I mentioned Hiromu. I yep. hope he comes back soon. I don't know when that is. But I would like to see this rematch between Hiromu and Desperado. And uh, the way they have been talking about, like Hiromu has mentioned that he wants to main event uh, the Tokyo Dome. Why yeah. not have this match next year at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom? Um, I mean, Hiromu puts on really amazing matches. And, um, you know, me watching like Desperado by himself without his tag team partner for like, you know, the first time this guy can go. And um, what I really like about Desperado too, is that from his backstage comments, um, he's very humble and he accepts his past, like, you know, when he sucked and then now he's a totally different person. So he accepts the past and then he moves on and he's like, well, I'm better now. And this is why he holds, uh, you know, two championships. Um, So him versus Hiromu on a really grand stage, like Wrestle Kingdom, will definitely be like a really good match to watch and you know will be the reason why once we get to it maybe Wrestle Kingdom can sell out in a very you know uh in a very good way so yeah I want to see that so from the junior heavyweight let's talk about the heavyweights it was a uh, main event of the Night 2 uh, Castle Attack show. Kora Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. So, actually, it was Naito who challenged Ibushi for just the Intercontinental Championship because Ibushi wanted to unify uh, both Intercontinental and Heavyweight belts. Yeah. So, I was actually pulling for Naito to win because him winning the Intercontinental Championship the same championship he once hated could have been a great story. But nonetheless, other other than that, the match was great. What did you think about this? Oh, man, this match is definitely a match of the month and definitely a match of the year. Uh, just because I like technical wrestling, you don't have to, like, you know, flash up your matches with, like, all these spots and everything. As long as you're able to tell a good story in there, I'll, I'll be hooked on it. Um, so... Part of me was sort of pulling for Naito too, only because when Koda explains why he wants to unify it, it does not make sense. 
<laughs> I'm like, you want to bring them together without damaging the legacy, but like, how does that work when they're two different paths? Two different people created, you know, the Intercontinental Championship and decided to be like, hey, you know, this is the legacy for that. And people challenge. And then you have the uh, heavyweight title and that's a whole nother path. And then you want to bring it together. And, you know, one legacy might get forgotten because, um, you know, it's like, how do we have this conversation with other people when we talk about who's the greatest IWGP Intercontinental Championship title and then who's the greatest heavyweight title? And then you have to think about it too that New Japan Pro Wrestling are getting a lot of young lions in. And, you know, eventually the greats like Tanahashi, Okada, um, and the rest of them will have to eventually retire. And then, you know, the new wave is going to come in and what exactly are they going to fight for? What stories are they going to like, you know, try to create if we decide to unify the titles? That's why I'm not so keen on the news breaking today. Well, tomorrow, today, uh, about that. Um, the chairman of New Japan Pro Wrestling granted Kota Ibushi's wish to unify the titles. And I was like... I don't like that. <laughs> you you ruin stories that could have happened. But, you know, Naito couldn't get it done, even though Naito was working on Kota Ibushi's knee the whole entire time and using that as a story of, like, you know, he was going to put Kota away, but, you know, Kota has, like, muscle on top of muscle, so I don't think anything, like, nothing hurts this guy because he has, like, muscle on top of muscle. Somehow, towards the end... Um, with the Kamigore, um, Abushi comes out on top, and then Naito again, you know, doesn't get the championship. Um, and and then at the end, we have Desperado coming out and challenging Abushi. And now it's going to be Abushi. Well, one day it's going to be Abushi versus Desperado for that unified championship title, rather than the Intercontinental, because I think he won the Intercontinental. But Overall, that main event um, really, you know, put together night two of Castle Attack uh, because of the great wrestling and then the uh, story behind it. Um, I wanted to say something about the Intercontinental Championship. Obviously, you have said your points that you are not you're against the idea of the unification. Yeah, but uh, I also same that uh, share that same feeling. And talk about the Intercontinental Championship. It is it, the only reason it's important is because we all know that not everyone can be heavyweight champion, right? Yeah. So this championship can take its place, and it can you know you can put these uh, titles on guys like you know your uh, Ishii, uh, Suzuki, Taichi, or Goto, guys who yeah, never right? become heavyweight champion. Um. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. And then. Um, to add on to that, like, you know, we don't know where the IWGP United States Championship title will end up anyway and how far that will go. So by the time that, you know, it comes back to Japan, those guys that you mentioned may not have the chance to fight for that. Or, you know, certain guys may not have the chance to fight for, you know, the six men never open weight championships or the other uh, never open weight championship that Tanahashi has. So like, you know, that boat gave people an extra story boost. You know, it wasn't about like, oh, we have they have too many titles. I like the fact that they have a lot of titles. So that way, you know, guys can challenge for these titles and not feel like um, it's the same title and over and over. Like, for example, I know this is a New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, podcast episode, but didn't we get tired of seeing the WWE like championship change between Cena and Edge back then where it was just flop, 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 flop. And it's like. What are you guys doing? So, you know, I don't want to see that with New Japan Pro Wrestling with like, you know, them trying to limit their titles just because. New Japan, you guys have a lot of guys, even new, even the young lions, you know, let them go fight for it. And by the way, you mentioned that uh, Desperado will be challenging for both belts now. Uh, uh, before... Well, now it's one. Now it's going to be one. But uh, I hope so they give, they delay this unification process because I would like to see Okada challenge for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, Championship somehow. 
Oh, um, Okada said in his uh, statements that uh, he wants to get back into the uh, heavyweight title rather than the Intercontinental. But um, it broke on uh, Tokyo Sports that the unification is done. So, so we'll see what happens uh, because, you know, uh, 1 a.m. Uh, my time here in uh, the East Coast, uh, that's when they're going to be playing the uh, press conference. So maybe they'll give us more information on the press conference about what they did. Um, but I just don't, I don't think that was a good idea um, to unify it. You know, I can understand if Coda didn't want to carry around the belts because everyone is like, yo, these belts are like heavy, heavy, you know, then like, you know, you should have been like, all right, Naito, you know, let me give you the belt. <laughs> you know, you carry around a 20 pound thing of gold. Uh, so that way I don't have to carry around like 40 pounds, you know, I would have been happy with that. And by the way, they also kind of mentioned on commentaries that there's obviously unification. So we'll be seeing one universal belt and maybe I think it was Chris Charlton who said it, rename it the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion for some reason. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I mean, I get why they would put world in it now because Coda wants to take it all over the world. Um, excuse me. But then again, you could have just taken the IWGP heavyweight championship all over the world because that is known throughout the land of professional wrestling. It's not even like, you know, it's a top tier belt. Like if we want to talk about belts, like that's number one. And that's like not on debate. It's like really one of the best ones. So it's like you could have just took that one and gave the Intercontinental to somebody else, you know. But sadly, I think the Intercontinental Championship era is over. Yeah. Um, even though Ibushi says that he's not going to, you know, tarnish the legacy by combining both of them. But in the end, it sort of is, you know, sort of is. And by the way, this yet another I wanted to mention about the Intercontinental ch- Championship. So they were mentioning on commentaries that Naito wants to win this championship is because he wants to erase Shinsuke Nakamura's legacy of being the greatest Intercontinental Champion. And I was fantasy booking in my mind. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Is there a way that we could get Nakamura over here and, and we could have a match between him and Naito? Oh man, I would love that. I would love to watch that. Um, but I don't know if he can erase, you know, Nakamura's legacy by being the greatest Intercontinental Championship uh, champion, uh, only because, um, you know, from the times that I've seen him win it, um, I don't really know how great of a champion he's been. I just know that he there, he has this specific attachment to it. Um, he'd rather be Intercontinental rather than uh, heavyweight for some reason. Um, but like, what has he really done with it to try to erase uh, Shinsuke's legacy? As far as I say, not really much. So, you know, I don't think that can happen. But I would like to fantasy book and like fly uh, Nakamura over and have this match. That'd be great. It'd be a great uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. Sadly, that won't happen. No. I know. It won't. <laughs> so you mentioned we're going to having uh, Desperado and Ibushi. So this match will be happening at the anniversary show, I think, in just a few days. Yeah, it's going to happen at the anniversary show. The anniversary show is on March 4th, and you guys can definitely see it on New Japan World. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a uh, full circle for uh, Desperado and Ibushi's um, career uh, to have this happen. Um, I'm excited to see it because I know both guys will definitely have a really great match. Um, and I kind of find it funny that uh, Kota Ibushi was like, yeah, I remember it was like eight years ago. And, uh, you know, you suck then. You probably like, you know, suck now. And it's like, yo, are you going to like turn heel? Are you like frustrated already? Like, what's up, man? Uh, it's, that it's... Ibushi also wants the junior heavyweight title no, I did not hear that. What? <laughs> he wants the junior heavyweight title? Go check out the backstage comments of Ibushi's. All right. So I'm going to have to uh, go back and uh, watch that. Because, um, you know, Ibushi says a lot of things. <laughs> the, guy is, the guy calls himself the god, and I don't know why he feels entitled to everything nowadays. 
Well, I mean, when you're carrying, well, when you did carry two championships on your uh, shoulder, you know, you're allowed to make any type of demands if you want to. Um, but, you know, him winning both belts is uh, really well-deserved, especially the uh, heavyweight uh, championship title. I was like, yes, you finally got that one because I was wondering when the hell he was going to get it. So that was Castle Attack, Mary. Yes, that was all Castle Attack. And when they uh, originally announced this uh, paper, you or show, uh, it felt like it was just going to be yet another, you know, new begin type show, a B plus or C plus show. But it uh, came off like a, you know, a typical big New Japan show, like a Dominion or something. It did. Um, I was uh, surprised by it um, because I did watch um, the road to the new beginning, and then we had the new beginning. The new beginning felt nice. Almost like, you know, a filler of like, all right, you know, all this past stuff happens and then we get to like the filler part. Um, and then we have the road to Castle Attack and then Castle Attack just like knocked it out. It was solid. So before we leave, I want to get your thoughts on the New Japan Cup. So who are you picking to win? Uh, it's definitely going to be Jay, uh, Jay White. I do want, um, I do want Gabriel Kid to be in this uh, New Japan Cup again. Um, and then I want this is fantasy booking. I know this is not going to happen, but at the finals, I want Gabriel Kidd versus Jay White because uh, Jay has been picking on Gabriel Kidd uh, during those Road to Castle Attack series, which is uh, very fun and I find it a little bit adorable. Um, they have really good chemistry, but um, I really do want to see Gabriel Kidd versus uh, Jay White um, at the finals for the J Pan Cup. There you go. There, there's that J-Pan Cup again. I am going to be saying the J-Pan Cup all the time. <laughs> so even I'm placing a save bet on, uh, you know, J-White or you mm-hmm. could get Okada too if you want to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, uh, so before we leave, we can just guess, find you, Mary. Oh, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. I love talking about professional wrestling there. If you guys want to listen to my podcast episodes, head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. And yeah, let's just chat about wrestling. So you can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up W, Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. So if you don't want to catch this review on the YouTube app, then you can catch uh, the audio versions on Anchor and Spotify as well. So this was the Castle Attack review and we'll see you guys next time.